Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there. This is all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star yeah. review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. Subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Pop Culture Cosmos, PC Multiverse, or any of our great things that we have today as part of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Also, check out our website, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Of course, everything involved with the Happy Hoarder. Go ahead and subscribe to the Happy Hoarder today on social media and of course check out the main site as well happyhoardercollectibles.com and if you do so and you support all that and you like all that and you follow all that it is sincerely appreciated but it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos with my longtime good friend and fellow host of this fantastic show it's a good man indeed you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing not only at humanica media but also as well of course, happyhoardercollectibles.com. He has advertised both in recent weeks, and he's all over the place in Texas making sure that you find the best in collectibles each and every time out. Plus, you can go online and order your dream collectible today at Happy Hoarder Collectibles. It is, of course, my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Josh the Great, what's up, man? what is up yes thanks for the plug i appreciate it we will actually be out at colossal con next weekend if you're out in uh round rock texas so come check us out let me just ask you this is it just going to be a thing now where you just have an event and if you just add a con on the back end of it then it sounds cool yeah you know what's funny is like i was looking at conventions pop culture cosmos con how about that Hey, we could do that. We could definitely do that. We 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 know enough people. We could yes, do it. Do um, but no, it's funny. I was actually looking at like a list of conventions out here. Like they ha- it, it it is exactly that. There's like Toy Con, Action Figure Con, Funko Con. Li- literally everything has a con out here. Well, there's like Retro Palooza. I think your way as well. Is that the one in, in Texas as well? Or is yeah, Retro Palooza. Okay, so that's the only one that that they don't put a con on the back of it. So yes yeah exactly but i will say it's going to be a great show but please if josh is in your neck of the woods in your area selling his wares he's got a ton of great collectibles you can go ahead and always check out what he's doing online over of course wherever you get your social media at the happy hoarder and of course like i said please check out what he's selling today online at happyhoardercollectibles.com well, we've got a great show coming up for you. A lot of things to talk about, including an anniversary of one of a much beloved film for Josh and I. Star Trek Strange New Worlds just ended season two, and I'll share some thoughts on that. Also as well, THQ Nordic had a digital showcase. Does it put them in the limelight as a AAA publisher? Eh, we'll see. We'll talk about that here in a sec. Red Dead Redemption is coming to the PlayStation 4 slash 5 and the Nintendo Switch. But a lot of people are mad, really mad. And we'll tell you why. Also as well, Madden, is there any magic left for Madden or is it just another game? We'll talk about that. And Wonder Woman, she has a lot of controversy with Gal Gadot because of not what her movie is coming out this week, but her future in the DC universe. That's on the show as well. But first, my friend, this weekend at the box office, it is still dominated by Barbie with another $33 million. It is now closing in on $1.2 billion. There's a chance now at some point in time it will probably surpass the $1.4 million, I believe, that Super Mario has already right. gained. Yeah. So there's a possibility, a very good possibility. I think it's probably going to do it where it will pass and become the number one movie of the year. Oppenheimer is closing in on $700 million for an R-rated movie that's absolutely fantastic, especially a movie that's not going to cater itself to 
general or family audiences like baby Barbie or Team and T chipped in with another 15 million here domestically and now it's approaching 100 million dollars worldwide i don't know if you could call that a success that uh, as of yet josh because it is an animated feature that is lower cost for an animated feature but and it also has a seth rogan rogan elvin goldberg you know touch on it so we'll wait and see but i think you could so far say it's you know doing okay meg two dropped you know a while but overall my friend we've got a, a bus down there we're going to talk about here in a minute but your thoughts so far on what went on this weekend you know it's funny oppenheimer has been like a slow crawl but it's still doing fairly well so that's cool i mean because what last week it was you know further down the list here it was number uh, three Meg but two, last everyone week, kept saying two. that like well sorry what was that it was number three last week now it was number two yes yeah right and then you have Meg 2, which everyone's like, oh, this is like a complete and utter failure, but people are still going to watch it just because it's like something fun to watch. You know, it's a popcorn flick from what I understand. Internationally, it's done absolutely great. It's at 250 million, 200 of which is overseas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, finally with Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3, like I'm sorry, I'm looking at the the rankings right now and... I'm curious if they had not put that out on Disney Plus so soon. I'm I'm curious if it would have made it to a billion dollars. Kind of lost steam though last month in July. Once uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, once he, once Barbenheimer came out, my friend, and then even Mission Impossible and Sound of Freedom before it, it kind of lost steam and it kind of lost its way before then. Maybe don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, a little. Yeah, you're right. But still, I, I think that's got to be considered a disappointment. Even though, how can you say an eight hundred million dollar uh, windfall worldwide be a dis- disappointment? It's because it's those one of those Marvel first week of May movies, which you and I both know is supposed to be the marquee week of the year for the movie scene, and unfortunately, it didn't pay off as a billion dollars for Disney and Marvel. I will say the movie was good. I got a chance to see it recently on Disney Plus, but I don't know where yet. I'm going to go ahead and still decide where I want to put it in my list in my pantheon, the MCU films, and I'll update that on the site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. But yeah, overall, I don't think it was a bad film at all. Believe me, I think of it much higher than what we thought of GOTT2 when it comes to that. Yeah, I haven't actually had a chance to watch it yet. I keep like meaning to like i want to sit down and watch it so i know volume um, two would left a bad taste in our mouth volume two did leave a, a bad taste in my mouth. i don't know honestly though like marvel is i just i'm not excited to watch marvel stuff you know and i know that there's a lot i need to just sit down and and watch but i just i'm having a hard time motivating myself to do it well there's superhero fatigue that's clearly understandable i mean we've seen the clear effects from that with the diminishing returns you got from everything from the DC universe to even what we've seen with the Marvel universe, putting out products that are not exactly well-received or well-loved. GOTG3, even though it wasn't a billion uh, you know, dollar worldwide money hit, it was still some, again, 800 plus million dollars, not too shabby. Also, the fact that it is probably going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest superhero movie of this year, which, again, is going to be something. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse did well, six to seven hundred million there. But again, I think people are tiring out of the superhero genre just a little bit or even more than a little bit. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think, you know, despite what Bob Iger had you know, his, his comments on the strike, he did have a good point when he was saying that there's just people are, are losing interest in superhero movies because there's just too many things being pushed out. It's just not special anymore. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And after secret invasion underwhelmed a lot of audiences out there and I, I thought it was okay at best. Uh, unfortunately it was very underwhelming and what we're seeing out there with Ant-Man, the Lost, Quantumania, we're seeing with The Flash, we're seeing it with Shazam earlier this week, earlier this year. So you're seeing all those different movies in the superhero genre not playing very well. And the problem is that does not bode well for the Blue Beetle, which is actually getting positive reviews. But 
you know, it's, I feel sorry for this. This is the little movie that I thought that, that could, you know, bring some nice returns, but now that's in the middle of August. Now that Barbie has done so well, Blue Beetle, despite its 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 love from the critics and the fact that you know Warner Brothers thought so well of it, they took it out as a Max original and decided to go ahead and put it on theaters. At this point in time, I don't think it bodes well for Blue Beetle. Okay, I have a I have a theory. Okay, I think that Blue Beetle is going to do really well I hope because so. it's one of those movies that it 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 doesn't just have a you know like an entertainment impact it has a cultural impact too i think much like black panther like black panther did really well and it had a huge cultural impact and i think well that it is it, the first truly hispanic superhero film so i'm right. hoping i'm wrong and i'm hoping it will actually do great at the box office right well that's that's what i'm saying though like i think that it will have that cultural impact i think that you know it it'll it'll hit the hispanic audiences and they will go out and they will support this movie i'm gonna go support this movie because i think it looks it looks cool but uh i i don't think it's going to do as poorly as everybody says i hope not i hope not i just coming off the poor returns for the flash and the poor returns for shazam it's hard for me to get into this dc projects because as you have told you before with the way james gunn already has a universe coming up on the way, all of his own making, everything that comes before it, you don't know whether it's in or it's out. And, and we even talked about this week with with uh, what we're seeing with Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot was doing the rounds, interviews and all that, that she taped. Most of them were taped before the strike because she has an actual movie that's now playing on Netflix in Heart of Stone. And she does. She did a lot of promo work in advance of it before the strike. She did a lot of promo work for it. And one of the things she said was that she was told, or that she's got a great, uh, you know, idea at that time that she was going to be part of Wonder Woman three. Then we hear word from the studio to the major outlets, Variety, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, IGN, saying that she's not going to be part of the future of the DC universe. So. Even that much tells you right there how confusing it is about what's coming before this James Gunn reboot and what comes after. You know, I think there's a lot of disconnect between the studio and James Gunn and the media. I feel like if Gal Gadot was, and it's it's very possible, like she might have just been, you know, talking out of her backside or whatever. But like, I still think that if that if those rumors weren't true james gunn would have come out and addressed them because he is notorious for doing that like he anytime someone has made a claim about the dcu like he's gone onto twitter or uh you know fa wherever people are commenting on things instagram this had to be a formal uh statement from the studio as opposed to james gunn on a world yeah. you know what on her not in wonder woman 3 supposedly so yeah yeah but no i mean no one's saying exactly what the source was of that comment but you know i like i said i feel like if if that were if this were 100 percent true james gunn would have come out and said something about it well again just very very sad uh you know it just if if that's the case just just the kind of disconnect that there is but as you, you know the the ports are out there that are saying that that that's not going to be the case uh, but yes, nothing direct from Gunn, which is weird because Gunn has been very direct on social media. Anytime somebody comes up with a question or thoughts on the future of the DC universe, and he just says yay or nay, that's going to not or is going to happen in regards to that. So again, yeah. it's all citing sources and things of that nature. So we'll see what comes to fruition on that for Wonder Woman 3. But she does have a movie that's out on Netflix, Heart of Stone. Uh, the critics are usually calling it, uh, from what I'm seeing from most of them, a generic action picture, which seems to be the case for most of the uh, Netflix movies these days, right. either generic yeah. action or generic comedy or even a little like a, uh, what, a light rom-com fair. What happened, you know, I think around 2019, 2020, around the time of the pandemic, Netflix started to put out some uh, really award-winning stuff. What happened? Well, let me ask you this. Did it were they putting out award-winning stuff or did it seem like it was award-winning because there's nothing else to watch at the time? 
could have been. I know they they also went on a spending spree. They also bought yes. a lot of movies that yes. some of those were those acclaimed movies. So mm-hmm. yeah, they absolutely did. But okay, lo- does anyone really go to Netflix though to watch a like uh, critically acclaimed films? Like I go to Netflix to watch things because like I don't have anything better to do, and most of the time I don't regret what I've watched. Sometimes I do, but most of the time I just like, oh yeah, I'm paying you know fifteen dollars a month for this. It's kind of like yeah, all right. I watched Star Trek Into Darkness last night on Netflix, so I can't really say, you know, I always love reliving <laughs> that movie. I always think that movie's pretty solid and stands up on on its own. Yeah, it does have some story things that like you go and makes you scratch your head at times, but otherwise, I thought it was a pretty good movie and holds up strong to the original Star Trek reboot from J.J. Abrams. But oh, for sure, yeah. And, and I go to Netflix, so I want to watch. I know Heat's. I want to go relive Heat. I just watched Starship Troopers again for the ninetieth time, which I love so much. So. Yeah, they, they have some good movies. I don't watch their original movies too much unless I hear really good buzz about it. So Heart of Stone uh, and some of the other uh, generic action flicks that they have there, uh, you know, I just don't really go out of my way to go ahead and check it out. But I understand. I get what you mean. Like, it's if you have anything, if you don't have anything better to do, then go ahead to Netflix as a default. That's so funny because it's true. Everybody does that now these days. Right, right. And and as as a parent of four kids, like I am actually really glad that we did not cancel Netflix because like my my two youngest will watch the Baby Shark Space Adventure over and over and over. And you know, I love them, but like when I'm cooking dinner, like I'll I will just turn that movie on for them while I cook dinner and I don't have to worry about you know what they're doing because they just will be stuck to I'm not an iPad parent by any stretch of the imagination but it just keeps them occupied for like 30 minutes while i cook dinner for everybody you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba check out the lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts Before we head to the break, my friend, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, is the Dracula genre dead? Because Renfield, which, again, was a terrible movie outside of the conversations between Nick Cage uh, and and the actor playing Renfield himself, uh, that, that dynamic, I think, worked well. But the rest of the movie was just absolutely terrible beyond all description. And then the movie this week that came out, The Last Voyage of the Dementor, that tanked hard at the box office, only getting six and a half million dollars for the weekend in its initial weekend, which is terrible for a movie that cost about 75 million to make, which is not even going to get that back in its worldwide uh, returns. I just said to you, I didn't even know this movie was coming out until I went to the theater earlier this week to watch Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. I had no idea it existed, and it's something that you and I. I may have just read it off when we were doing our, our, our summer movie preview, but I had not seen a trailer for this movie at all. Your thoughts on this is the Dracula movie genre dead on arrival. Is it, is it as dead as he is? I that's a, that's a tough question because like, nice. No, I, I think that we are. Fuck, the, fuck your blood. <laughs> there have been <laughs> so many like bad vampire movies that come out that, even if someone were to come along and make like a decent Dracula flick, I don't think that people would want to watch it for the same reason. Nicholas I don't want to watch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But for, it's for the same reason. Like I wouldn't want to, I'm having a hard time watching gardens of the galaxy. It's just, there's been so many things in that genre, which is a shame because you know, the, those original, those like classic, uh, classic monsters and their original tales are actually like really good. And this is supposed to be a prequel to the, the story of the the classic story of dracula and uh not that i mean you know i sorry i I haven't seen the movie personally but the trailers look like they're pretty cool but it also looks like it's you know the same formula as as alien and the thing you know you have monster small place chasing thing chasing people around it had it it sounded like it had potential but you know it's, it's not sounding like people really like it that much 
I will tell you, though, Guillermo del Toro is doing a movie that's based on the original Mary Shelley's original Frankenstein novel. So if that's good, that could very well like reinvigorate interest in those, uh, you know, classic monster stories. You know what actually did re- actually give uh, some life to it? Marvel with Werewolf by Night. And that's yeah. the only thing I've seen in the genre that's actually worked over these past few years. But right. we'll wait and see, my friend. What are your thoughts out there on the movies taking place this weekend with Barbie dominating again, Oppenheimer coming up in second, Team and Team Mutant Mayhem, and Meg 2 The Trench still performing well, and Meg 2 is actually performing well overseas. The Last Voyage of the Dementor, did you actually go and see it, or do you think as well like we do that this movie is unfortunately as dead as Dracula? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the half-hour break, my friend, I just wanted to go ahead and ask you real quick, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, I know you're not a Trekkie, and I know I should be talking more about this with Melinda, who is a Star Trek fan galore, but I always wanted to go ahead and approach you on it when it comes to Star Trek, because the fact is I'm trying to get you a little bit more involved. I know Star Trek is a heavy thing. I'm not asking you to go back and watch 50 years 60 years of, <laughs> my uncle asked uh, me to do that actually a couple yeah. years ago yeah because i know you're a completionist and if i asked you to go okay josh go ahead i need you to watch everything from the star trek universe i haven't even watched everything from the star trek universe but when it comes to star trek strange new worlds i do think it's one of the best representations of star trek in quite some time season two is not quite as evenly great as season one but it has three episodes which holds itself very well to not only what season one did but to the rest of star trek throughout the years as really some good stuff uh with the uh, i guess the the co the co-op episode where they worked in, in unison with the folks from their other great show that they have as far as star trek lower decks they that one actually they they got together on a joint episode in star trek stranger worlds i mentioned see uh, on this show before that episode two which was a courtroom drama style episode which i know can bore people really to tears at times actually was a very 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 excellent one and, and just a command performance by the guest attorney who just did an outstanding job in the episode. And then last week's, not this past episode, but last week's episode, which was the first time in history in the Star Trek universe that they dedicated an entire episode to a musical and actually made it sound and made it come off like an actual musical. It didn't make a joke of it. It wasn't cop rock. It wasn't anything really bad or embarrassing. It was actually really really darn good so i ask you my friend i've been asking you now for two years to try and at least give any star trek show a try i would tell you to go get ahead and give strange new worlds because this is not catered or tied down to the lore as much as those other shows it is actually catered more to a general audience and i think there's there's any star trek show that you would like if you like sci-fi at all it would be strange to worlds. You know, I have actually been listening to the uh, PCC multiverse show and I've heard you and Melinda talking about it quite a bit. And uh, I am tempted to watch it. Like I, I did. Yes. Yes. I do want to eventually sit down and watch the show. I need, I to. think season one is still on YouTube. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think season one for the most part is on YouTube. Well, it's, uh, it's on Paramount plus, right? Yes, I don't know if you have Paramount Plus or not. I think I do. I think I forgot to cancel it like three months ago. So <laughs> there yeah. you go. You can watch all the Mission Impossibles as well. So there hey, you go. There you, I know. I, I, we, me and my wife meant to like marathon those, uh, and then we started that like six weeks ago. Only watched the first one. I'm telling you, it's uh, Dead Reckoning. It's it's a lot of fun, uh, and I do think it's uh, one of the best movies I've seen so far this year. But it's only a good movie that tells you this this year hasn't been had strong movies uh because uh barbie uh, across the spider-verse and dead reckoning are the best movies i've seen this year and they're all good movies in my opinion not just like wow they're just the greatest thing i've ever seen type movies yet so i've not no. seen a killer movie for me as yet but i thought i've seen some pretty good ones in those three but i think star trek strange new worlds is something that you might actually like because again 
It does take stuff from the lore, but doesn't beat you over the head with it. It actually creates a style where it's based off the original series, where it's not just this overarching theme. It actually does an episode. They're doing this. Next episode, they're going somewhere else and doing something else. Next episode is about something else. So you don't need to go ahead and make sure, oh, what do I need to know from this? What do I need to know from that? So I think you would probably, if any show that you would actually get hooked on with Star Trek, it would be Strange Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Okay. All right. I'm going to check it out. I'm Give me like two weeks and I'll, I'll watch one or two episodes. Okay. And like I said, I think, and I will check this now on YouTube to see if Star Trek Strange New Worlds season one is still on it. Because I know that they've done a, a for their first uh, episode for Star Trek Strange New Worlds season two, they introduced all the season one episodes to YouTube. So if trying to catch up and on that, I'm not sure if it's still on, on Paramount Plus, so don't quote me on that. I'm still trying to look and see if that's the case. But if that's the case and you, you would like to go ahead and check it out, if you don't have Paramount Plus, please give it a try. Please do whatever you can to go ahead and get Paramount Plus. Try it free. I think because like you said, you still have it. A lot of people don't. Paramount Plus does have a lot of options. And you might we at least at least try it free before you go ahead and buy it. That's with all these different streaming outlets, my friend. At least try it free to make sure it's something you'd like. Okay. All right. All right. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I will do it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I've won you over. He's gonna do it. Now I got to get Melinda back in the groove on Star Trek because you know she's she's very passionate about Star Trek and I've told her she's got to get back into it and, and all that so we'll see but what are your thoughts out there on star trek strange new world season two again not the hundred percent home run like last season would i put it on the best of, of pop culture for 2022 it still may be the best of pop culture for 2023 but it did have some ups and downs a little bit but the ups were truly up what are your thoughts out there on star trek strange new world season two please let us know Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. THQ Nordic had a digital showcase this past week where they were showing off some of their wares. And while many of the titles that you you got a chance to see are probably only well-known to the gaming community, they're not known really to the large player, uh, the player out there at large, the general consumer out there at large with, with what they've got coming up like Recreation or Way of the Hunter or uh, Trine 5, Tempest Rising, Space for Sale, outcast a new beginning last train home you know that alone in the dark that's the probably the biggest one that i think the remake for alone in the dark is probably the one that probably people know most but titan quest 2 gothic 1 south park snow day is a new game entirely that's coming out next year so your thoughts my friend they're they're perceiving themselves and the way they try to go ahead and, and present themselves to the media is as a triple a top tier publisher but i think it said it best when the judge in the xbox versus ftc trial was talking about the major publishers that are out there the triple a publishers that can produce a triple a hit and they sp- did not speak of thq nordic i still think thq nordic and we've talked about this before still has a ways to go before you could put them in that upper echelon of video game publishers. Yeah. I mean, they've made some good games, but nothing you could really say is, is great. You know, you look yeah. at a game like, um, was, I think they did, uh, Elex, right. It was one of theirs. Yes. Um, Elex I two and Elex. Well, yeah. One. Yes. Right. And those, well, those were like fun and okay RPGs. They were hardly polished. I mean, they hardly looked anything like, you know, Elder Scrolls or even, you know, a low tier RPG from a AAA publisher. It, it just it looked very flawed. So, yeah, they put out some good things like South Park is always a, an easy cash grab for them. People play those games. Uh, the last Ronin looks OK, but uh, I would hardly call them a AAA studio because they do 
so many there's nothing you know you go to like a, a video game conference gamescon e3 whatever you don't see people going oh yes i can't wait to see what thq nordic is working on nobody ever says that i'll tell you what though it's uh, gonna be interesting to see if they can finally get that one hit because josh you and i both know all it takes is that one massive hit that translates to a larger audience that gets the everyday consumer talking out there maybe during christmas time or during black friday or even dur sometime during the year that can get them talking they still have not had that marquee hit as of yet but i feel like they're they're not for a lack of trying i understand that they're owned you know in part by you know it was endeavor or what other you know uh, investment firm is actually uh, responsible yeah. for for owning them and i think like a dozen other video game publishers and smaller companies out there in the video game world but i think with thq nordic they're like the they're like the netflix in a way because uh, of video game publishing because they throw a lot of darts they throw they try a lot of games to see what sticks with an audience yeah and you also got to realize that quantity over quality is never a working formula i mean look at some of these bigger studios out there activision square like they'll spend two to three years working on one title yes that's true uh heavy duty says i want a racing game that feels like i'm in the car well i'll tell you what josh's big hit and big success story which would be of course forza motorsport that's I know that I know he's looking forward to later this year when that comes out. That is not going to be the Forza Horizon arcade style. That's going to be the Forza Motorsport, more of the simulation. So you may want to go ahead and try that. But I would you would probably if you want the true like you're in the car, you might have to go VR in Gran Turismo or something or like I, that. Or iRacing is actually what a lot of people are doing now. Those are the ones Good where point. you don't. Yeah, you don't play on the controller. You actually play. You have your yes. your peripherals. You have your screens and your steering wheel yep. and your shifter and all that. Yeah, eye racing is where it's at. And then you put the VR glasses on for even more immersion as well. Yeah, exactly. Anything happening with GTA anymore? Well, they're still making a killing on GTA Online, but I would probably say next year, I'm guessing, or maybe even 2025, they will announce GTA 6. They're not in any hurry because GTA for them is a 7 to 10 year, well, actually more like 10 year investment as far as it yeah. being relevant. So so they said it was two years ago. Uh, someone at Rockstar let slip that they were working on the next Grand Theft Auto. But he said the soonest you are going to see or hear anything about it will be 2026. Yep, absolutely. So I will tell you what, though, it's just good to see something in the GTA universe that's going to be there. But we'll talk about more 2K issues because 2K, never let it be said 2K is going to want to try and give something away for free because they won't. We'll talk about that here in a sec. But what are your thoughts out there on what's going on with THQ Nordic? Are you excited for any of the games that was recently announced? I know the South Park game that's coming to 2024, that multiplayer game. That might be something I think a lot of people could be interested in if it comes out and it's done well. That could be, Josh, the game that everybody is talking about that might put or vault THQ Nordic into a different stratosphere. So we'll see. South Park games have been critically hailed, but done only okay on a platform as far as selling-wise. So your thoughts on possibly South Park Snow Day actually being that game next year that puts them over the top? It's going to be the same thing as like Stick of Stick of Destiny or Stick of Truth. I forget what the, the last game was called, but it's going to be a game that people find fun. Yeah, but we're going to find it on sale pretty quick. Like we'll see a, a price drop pretty fast uh you know like i said south park games are good cash grabs but uh you know if thq nordic really wants to make it they need to work on like a franchise they need something uh something that people will play and it'll leave them clamoring for a sequel we'll see what happens though but yes G uh, south park snow day is coming out scheduled next year we'll see what time of the year is coming out but yeah they've only put a 2024 date on it so We'll see what happens. Uh, are we into Sims uh, simulation games? 
Um, it depends. Sometimes some building games uh, might interest me, but SimCity is really a, something that's just hard for me to stay with and be patient enough to. I'm more of an action-oriented individual. Josh, have uh, any Sim games really stuck out in your mind recently? So I I do enjoy the Civilization games, but uh, and then I remember enjoying SimCity back in the day, but I I haven't really played many of them for a while. Well, I will tell you, though, it's no longer can be called a sim, but Baldur's Gate 3 is killing it. Our own Jamie Sweet from Lakers Fast Break, who was on the show earlier this month, spoke glowingly of it, and it's become a big hit, a a really under-the-radar hit in a lot of ways for the PC audience out there and now coming to consoles, at least on PS3, uh, excuse me, PS5. Uh, yet to come out on Xbox because uh, there's still some technical glitches that, that they need to work out. But yeah, really done well on PC. It's been a big hit for them. Of course, Diablo 4, that's not no longer a simulation like it once was. But yeah, simulation games, SimCity and all that. It used to be all the rage. Uh, it's very hard in this action-oriented world of video gaming. I don't see it happening again for SimCity anytime soon. You know what I used to love with SimCity? I'm sorry, this is a side tangent here, but I used to love building my city. And then they had options where you could like destroy it, whether through like a UFO invasion or a natural disaster. So, you know, you did all that, but then it felt so satisfying to like release alien spacecrafts on the city and just watch it destroy everything. High Octane's asking, what a fr- what's a franchise that needs to be revived? I said Bioshock right off the top of my head. Yeah, Bioshock would be cool. I always so there's an uh, an Xbox game called Advent Rising, and that was that was one the one that, that gave had... away a million dollars supposedly. Yeah, well, that was the one they had like huge plans. They're like, it's gonna be, you know, we're gonna make a franchise out of this and blah blah blah. And they totally set it up like it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. I would love to go back to that world. From what I understand, though, that one actually like paved the way for Mass Effect. So. I guess without that, we wouldn't have Mass Effect, but still, I would love to go back to that world. I remember Two Human having those same aspirations as well. And that, oh, and that was, yeah, that was not a fun game. Yes. I wanted to like it. So I've never bought a game that I wanted to enjoy more than that. And I just couldn't enjoy it. I'm sure there is a pandemic game or something based off that, probably sometime in the near future to remind us of the pandemic. I uh, probably could find something. Paper. Yeah, buy toilet paper. Might want to even find that on on Steam if you want if you're a PC player. So, I will say, uh, Endorphin says uh, that they really enjoy the FIFA franchise. Well, before we go ahead and hit the 45 minute break, I want to go ahead and then and ask you, Madden 24 comes out this week, my friend. It's uh, again the same old, same old. Uh, the advanced word on it is pretty good so far, but nothing great as always. It just when you have a sports game like Madden that seems very stuck and set in its ways, plus also the fact that, again, it's based and mired now in today's sports games, mired in so many microtransactions, Madden is just no longer the same experience you once had in the early 2000s and in the 1990s. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I keep wondering, like, when somebody is going to come out and make a new football game that's exists outside of the madden franchise i know that the nfl has like exclusive an exclusive contract i think with with uh ea but man I, i'm it would be I great think about, to... i think sometime soon like star wars you're gonna see them break it up and allow, and allow everybody to go ahead and get a shot at it i mean fifa uh endorphin says you like the fifa franchise fifa is no longer part of ea fifa is going to make its own video game yeah, and ea is good EA's got like Soccer FC or something like like that. They're doing their own deal with their own uh, people that they're making a deal with, their own teams that they're making a deal with. FIFA's going to make their own game. I have a feeling, like you said, it's going to be to the point where at some point it's going to go back to where it was like in the early to mid-2000s where you had 2K, Microsoft, and some other uh, video game publishers out there making their own version of an NFL game. Yeah, and honestly, the diversity, that's what we need in these sporting games. Like, it it gets really old every year only being able to play one or two different types of sports games. Like, I miss having NFL Fever and uh, NBA Inside Drive. Like, those games were 
they had things in them that kind of made them stand above, you know, those just generic football or football, basketball, whatever types of games. I miss those days. I want that to come back because I have no interest in playing Madden. Like I jumped on NHL uh, 2000, you know, whatever the last NHL was for a few minutes a couple weeks ago. And it was cool, but, you know, it's just not it wasn't amazing. You know, it's just what brings something new to the table and maybe I'll be more interested in it. I have a feeling the NFL may find greener pastures away from exclusive licensing. And mm-hmm. that's something that they may revisit. And I hope that they revisit because it, it only made the product better when you had NFL fever, NFL 2K, you had more NFL related games that were coming out that were right in that early to mid 2000 timeframe, along with Madden. It seemed to be that competition made the product better. Once Madden became the only game in town, pardon the pun, it seems like it just basically just go with the quality of it on a year to year basis seemed to go start to go downhill. It's endorphin to answer your question. It's easier. Like NFL is a very like secure, like they will only, you know, they only want to license to, to one company. Whereas like NBA, you know, they'll license to EA and 2k like they, it's easier. I think they only have 2k right now. Oh, do they? Okay. Cause I know that it's easier from what I, understand it's easier to get licensing from uh, you know nhl nba but like nfl is almost impossible to get any type of licensing i think they all have exclusive licensing at this point i think it's something that once these contracts start to come up later this decade i think that you're probably going to see them go back and revert to the way as far as share licensing because also as well it's very expensive for ea and 2k to keep on putting out the hundred to 200 to whatever million dollars that they have to go ahead to, in order to buy this exclusive licensing each and every time out, because all it takes is one done every year. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, are there any wrestling games out now worth checking out? Well, I do have a review of AEW's uh, fight forever. I gave that a solid rating. If you want to check that out, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. I think that a solid seven out of 10. It's not perfect, but it is, it's a fun time. It's a fun game. It's a competitor to 2K. But the, then again, the WWE, same thing. They have an exclusive license with 2K. And at what point do you say to yourself, maybe it's probably best if I go ahead and license this out to several different publishers as opposed to one? I mean, Star Wars is reaping the benefits now from having several different publishers produce games, not just EA, Ubisoft. There's several others now producing games in the Star Wars realm and IP once the EA contract came up. So, Josh, I, you know, we're seeing it with Jedi Survivor, but we're also going to see next year with Ubisoft's game that's going to be coming out, the Star Wars universe. They're doing, they're, they did something smart in having to go ahead and make it available to so many different publishers now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, EA is, is, they would be foolish to like say like, oh, hey, either you go with us or we're not making a Star Wars game for you. Like that would be foolish of them because Star Wars is such a big franchise. So, you know, their backs were against the wall in that case. So it's nice to be able to play something from EA and then play something from another company. It's nice to have different perspectives on the pop culture properties that we love. Absolutely. Correct. Uh, Very much correct. Here's a draw. We need more competition in the gaming industry. These exclusive contracts need to start going away, but we'll see what happens. But I want to hear your thoughts out there on exactly everything that you would like to see as far as some new options in the world of sports games, because Madden yet again is coming out with Madden 24 coming out later this week. We want to hear your thoughts on if there should be a breakup as far as the NFL allowing themselves to go ahead and, get themselves into another few options for other different publishers out there do you like it the way it once was in the early to mid 2000s do you see the, the that fact that fifa is now creating its own game and breaking away from ea as a better option for them we want to hear your thoughts on all these sports games and where do you think it's going to go in the future please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. 
stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Uh, just to, cannot thank you enough, as always, for, for being a part of it. But speaking of 2K, before we head on out, I thought I'd touch on this. The anger and angst amongst the community is that Red Dead Redemption is going to be coming to PlayStation 4 and also as well Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation 4 version, you can play on the disc version of PlayStation 5 and also the actual digital download of it. It's going to be a port. It's not a remake. It's not a remaster. It's just the port of the original PS3 Xbox 360 version that came out, what, 10, 13 years ago? Was it 2011, 2012, I think? As far as Red Dead Redemption, the original one? Yeah, it's 2011, I want to say, because I, I was still working at Best Buy when that came out. Yeah, so, my friend, that version that came out of Best Buy, that exact version, is going to be put here in the next few days on PlayStation 4. You'll be able to play it on your PS5. And then, of course, Nintendo Switch as well, with no upgrades. Just throwing it out there. They're just porting it out there. There's no, there's no resolution upgrades. There's no frame rate upgrades. There's no nothing added in as far as adventures. There's no more characterization or customization put in there. Nothing. But 2K wants you to pay 50 bucks for it, my friend, on the PlayStation 4 slash 5 and the Nintendo Switch. Your thoughts, this has got the ire of the gaming community up in arms in regards to having to spend $50 on a port of Red Dead Redemption. Your thoughts on that, my friend. It's a great game, but playing an exact port, which I could go and pick up the, at Retro City Games, one of our fine sponsors, for 10 bucks, that doesn't seem very appealing to me. If it doesn't cost a company that much money to put out a game like that, I don't see why not. It it is point. I, I understand why people are frustrated, but like you know, I, I got Brian from the Super BS Games cast. Like he has gone out and he has played, uh, or he bought a Steam Deck and he's just rebuying all these games that he's owned all these years on multiple different consoles just to have them on his Steam Deck. So there is definitely a market out there for them. Uh, but I guess like what I'm wondering is how much did it cost them to port these games? And will that cost ultimately be, uh, you know, payback and profitable for them? That just to me is ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to charge you, Josh, $50 to replay a game you might have played 13 years ago, I think, or 12 right. years ago. And we haven't made any improvements on it. And oh, by the way, since you and I are probably leaning and you're, you're an unabashed I'm a leaning Xbox fanboy. If I have, I can just go walk into right now, go to Retro City Games. I don't know how much they're selling it for, but I'm just saying 10 bucks as far as for an old copy of Red Dead Redemption. I could go ahead and pop it on my Xbox Series X. I'm going to say the Air Series X. I have the Series X, but if you have the Series X, you can pop it in that Series X and you could get 4K 60 frames per second which the game never absolutely ran on in its heyday, and that actually could do an automatic upgrade. How frustrating is it for someone out there that has to go ahead and pay on the PlayStation and Nintendo side so much money for a port that's not any better, yet I could go as an Xbox owner and get something much more better than what it was originally for a much lesser price? So I understand porting it to the Nintendo, right? But I don't get the PS4. Because on Nintendo, you know, say you're a Nintendo fanboy, right? Like you and I like the Xbox and we'll play stuff on PlayStation. But the Switch is really the first Nintendo console I've ever actually owned, you know, outside the uh, handheld stuff. But there are people who will only buy Nintendo stuff. And they're like, oh, hey, I wish I could play Red Dead at some point. And now they have the opportunity to. So I understand putting it out on that console. I don't get putting it out on the PS4. Like I don't foresee 
anybody paying to play that unless they're like oh hey you know i would love to sit down and play red dead again it's like skyrim right like we didn't think people would buy that game as many times as it was released but every time it was put out somebody bought some copies of it otherwise they wouldn't have kept putting new versions of it out that's why i think that 2k even in the latter stages of the nintendo switch's lifespan my friend is still trying to capitalize on people's nostalgia and people wanting to go ahead and play something different once they're done with tears of the kingdom you know in tears of the kingdom too like those games have a lot of replayability on them so i think they're still banking on people going back and playing that and picking up more copies during the holidays and all that but high octane uh the ps i don't know gerald would you say the ps5 has been the success that everybody was saying it would be i think that it I mean, just looking at. The I think under the circumstances. It. I think okay. under the circumstances. I think that had we not had the coronavirus, we wouldn't have had the the shortage of PS5s during the first years, the first three years of its cycle, first two years of its cycle, the shortages that you you and I both experienced with mm-hmm. the PlayStation Five. I think that would have been much more prevalent. Would have been much more out there. And they might be exceeding the PlayStation 4 in sales. They're they're actually slightly under overall. They're not transitioning as fast as the PlayStation 4 was. I, I don't think they'll ever reach with the PlayStation 4. I'd say I'm not going to put it out of reach, but I'm going to say probably not. They won't reach the sales of PlayStation 4 in a lifetime. That's partly because of two things. The supply shortage in this first couple of years, plus the fact that it's had some good first-party games, Josh, but not as many as the PlayStation 4 did during its same time span oh absolutely and like you know like you had mentioned with the coronavirus like it did put a lot of development cycles behind for studios so we didn't see i don't i think it's this year we're finally seeing what the playstation 5 is capable of in terms of sales and audience you know and also like we had a hard time knowing how many of these sales were true sales or and how many were just console scalpers so that um you know like i said now i think we're we're finally going to be able to tell like who is going to dominate the console race yeah i would agree with you on the uh games pass being the best xbox being the best value because of games pass if you had let's say a budget of six hundred dollars that's your budget you could get an xbox series x and then a year worth of games pass and each and every month that would get you access to 100 to what 150 games each and every month that's something playstation 5 cannot give you for $600 on PlayStation 5, you would get the PlayStation 5 and two games, three games max. Yeah. That's it. So you tell me three games, 100 games, three games, 100 games. So you yeah, tell this, me which one's a better value. Yeah, definitely the 100 games. But also, you know, like I've, I've said before, like I, I do play, I play a lot of things on my PlayStation. You know, I'm playing Final Fantasy 16 on it right now, but. I, what I've always admired about Xbox is that they care a lot about their their customer base. And that's something that Sony has yet to prove to me that they they reciprocate. So, you know, I think that Xbox is definitely a better value all around. But then, you know, you do have those exclusive titles. You're like, oh, man, I really want to play that. So maybe I do go out and buy one. I mean, PlayStation 5 has a better library. I, I, I'm not going to tell you differently on that. But get the chance to be able to have for a value because most people I know are still on a budget. You know, most people I know that only has so much as far as they can spend on a monthly basis and to have a, a chance to play or download up to a hundred different games for 15, what $17. Now it's like $17 a month. I think that's a much better value and much better opportunity to have. Yes. PlayStation five, it does have better options as far as, first party games especially from a narrative especially from a uh you know having those options available to you as far as quality first party games but as far as games overall as far as whether the third party or first party plus the fact you with the with the games pass you get first party games from xbox day one as mm-hmm. opposed to spending 70 dollars on like starfield coming out next month i am waiting i'm itching itching to go ahead and play starfield that I cannot, I get that day one on Games Pass. I don't, I have to pay 70 extra dollars if I was on PlayStation 5. 
Yeah, and I one thing that PlayStation does do really well though, I love that their install times are so fast. Where you go to, you know, Xbox, unless you have, you know, really really fast internet, you're going to be sitting there for two or three hours waiting for the game to install. Whereas PlayStation doesn't matter what type of uh, internet you have because the majority of the game is on the disc, you know, so it will take maybe 45 minutes to an hour to install. Uh, Endorphin saying, not sure why Netflix for video games hasn't really succeeded yet. Xbox Games Pass, the goal is not just to sell consoles. The goal for them is just for the Games Pass. That is their goal is to become the Netflix for video game. They have about 30, 25 to 30 million subscribers at this point in time, It's which, again, if you put it in the context of things, it's not as huge as they would like. But the fact that they will hopefully, as their future goes forward, Josh, be able to access it, whether you're on a computer, whether you're on a television, a smart television, whether you're on your mobile, or whether you're on your Xbox gaming console, once that fully gets realized and fully gets trained, you know, be able to fluent across all those platforms, that will clearly give it an advantage over what PlayStation 5 or PlayStation or Nintendo wants to offer you as a consumer. Yeah, that's that's very true. Not yeah, quite we, there we, yet. Not quite there yet. Not quite there yet, but I mean, the, the groundwork has been put out and they're working towards making gaming more accessible by, you know, turning the Xbox into just a TV app. So I think it's only a matter of time before we see it get there. So before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and remember one last great thing, an anniversary, a 50th anniversary of the last full feature ever for the great martial artist Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. It has gotten a, a 4K high-res. See, they actually went to the trouble of updating that to 4K, and you see what 2K is doing in regards to not even doing a thing when they're just porting it on their game. So Enter the Dragon, 50 years, they're actually showcasing it. If you're around a major city, you might want to check your movie theater listings because it is playing in a special engagement on Wednesday. It was also playing the night we were on this on Sunday as well. But Wednesday, to celebrate the 50th anniversary, they are playing it in selected theaters around the country. Your thoughts on the 50th anniversary? They're also releasing it as, a, I think, a Blu-ray. And so your thoughts, my friend, on a 4K specialized realization of the last full-featured movie for Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. Okay, I love Bruce Lee. I love Enter the Dragon. I've had it on just about every video platform I've been able to buy it on. I don't think I need it on 4K. I just, you know, it's not technologically advanced to merit buying it on 4K. Do you, am I wrong about that? I don't know. I saw the, the, the trailer of it on YouTube. Looks pretty sharp, my friend. To quote a, a Josh quote, the colors pop. <laughs> all right well maybe i'll have to check the trailer out i do love the movie and i love the enduring legacy that the movie has had and just the the impact on pop culture it's had. i mean you watch any type of anime there's there's a bruce lee stereotype in there you watch any you know any type of film that has martial arts in it there's some sort of reference to bruce lee it has had a huge cultural footprint on uh, not just the genre but just on on film in general action movies especially if you do get a chance please go ahead and take the opportunity to go ahead and check out enter the dragon on its 50th anniversary it is the lasting legacy of bruce lee i probably on wednesday if i can remind myself i will go ahead and wear my bruce lee shirt as a tribute to bruce lee on that day so we want to hear your thoughts on the 50th anniversary of enter the dragon please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Any last thoughts, Mr. Happy Hoarder Collectible, before we head on out? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, keep checking the website. I got some new Pokemon cards going up and new Funko Pops almost every week. So check it out, and we'll be out at Colossal Con in Round Rock, Texas next week. And then from that point on, I think it's just maybe a few more conventions left for the year. Just follow our Facebook page. So for Josh Peterson... This is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.